you know, yeah. and, and Shaq can dominate a game. It's it's but he's very limited offensively. Right. It's it's two dribbles, turn around, and he's gonna dunk on you and shove you. I mean, yeah. that's what he does. It it uh, leads me to to wonder. I saw. I know we're jumping off off topic here. And for those of you who are listening, are we ready to start? I guess so, yeah. yeah we're six minutes in. I know. Good evening, Wednesday. <laughs> we're all about the NBA. This is Arthur Mosley. He is... Daniel Allen. We are the role players. Our opinions don't matter. But you should listen to us anyway. That's a, that's a great point. You should listen. This week, we are talking a little NBA basketball. Uh, got a little... Heard a couple of co-workers debating uh, about uh, the, the greatest basketball player in this era... Uh, and we're going to get into that that topic because there's something that he said that I, I'm kind of getting sick of this uh, this argument. But um, we're going to talk about your Atlanta Braves. Uh, if it was 1992, we would be calling them the Hotlanta Braves, but Hotlanta <laughs> has come and died. For, for any of those who don't know the thing, you know, Atlanta – or, or Metro Atlanta pet peeves. There is no hot hot Atlanta anymore. It's it's just Atlanta, Atlanta. Um, but we we were talking. Uh, we were just ta- speaking of the NBA playoffs and uh, kind of recapping my pick for best offensive player in NBA history. And I I selected. I thought Wessel Res- Wessel. Well, I like that Wessel Westbrook. Yes, blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Um, was was my uncanny pick, um, but then we started getting you know, a topic about Shaq centers, you know, and how Daniel mentioned that that his game is limited, which kind of made me think of I, I saw a mock draft recently and it had Mo Bamba out of Texas uh, going to I want to say was it the Mavericks, and I'm thinking to myself. Who drafts a center nowadays in the first round? And are the Mavericks one center away from making a move? It's very it's very rare. I mean, would you consider Embiid a center? Probably. But remember when Tim Duncan came along and made the four guys that would have been centers were, were fours? Yes. Like, he was a center, but he played the four. Right. And then you had this, this line of people that were fours, even though they were centers. Yeah, wait, who was the last... I mean, Aiton will be a center. Right. He'll but, go one. You're right. What team has been built off a center? Because is Davis, does he play the five or the four? I think he's more a four. But remember, Davis kind of, he was, he's got guard skills. He's not a, yeah. you know, he he had a, a late growth spurt. If I'm not There's mistaken. not a back-to-the-basket type player hasn't carried a team to a title in a long time. Not that I can remember. Right. I mean, Shaq did. Um that, Did Dwight win one in Orlando? Orlando has never. Okay. Orlando why has never. Why never. was I thinking they did? Maybe it was when they beat LeBron, and I was just considering that like the finals. No. Orlando has never won a title. Okay. with When Turkaloo and all, was there, and Courtney Lee, what? Who did they play in the finals? God, man. You can talk while I Google that. I've got All right. A, so... So the the mock draft also had so Mobamba who I believe mm-hmm. is he, Texas or or is it was it Baylor I can't remember I think it was Texas Texas um, his I I don't think his game is anywhere offensively is anywhere near as refined or close even to Joel Embiid when Embiid came out 
and definitely not the player that uh, DeAndre Ayton is. Yeah. So I just I, I, I question, and these, once again, these are mock drafts, a mock draft on CBS Sports I was looking at, and I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, I've watched a little bit of basketball uh, uh, this winter, uh, and I did not see where Mo Bamba was at the top, of, mm. <laughs> top of my any list. Um, so anyway, credit. Yeah. You know, these I wouldn't have thought that he was a good defensive player. But uh, the Magic lost to the Lakers in '09. That's it. But they beat LeBron to get there. Yeah, I'm pretty. And Dwight, Dwight never played with the Lakers, did he? Yeah, he did. Did, but they didn't for win. a year, and it okay. went horribly wrong. Remember? That's right. That's right. That's Before right. he went to Houston. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't work out well. He got mad at Kobe and sulked, and was his typical Dwight self. Dwight that sulked. Was really the beginning. <laughs> that was really the beginning of his real drop off to nothing. Because even still in Orlando, when he was a free agent, that was a big deal. Or he wasn't. He was going to become a free agent, and then they traded him because they were going to trade. And for Chris Paul, if I'm not mistaken. Or no, the Lakers wanted to bring in Chris Paul also, and the NBA nixed it. That's right. Because they were going to have the three of them. Um, I, I, I remember when Dwight came out of Southwest Atlanta Christian, and he, um, he was a little pouty. He really wanted to play with Anthony Hardaway, if I'm not mistaken. Hardaway. That would be a bit before. Mm-mm. I'm pretty sure when Dwight came out of high school, Hardaway was still there. That was 04. Penny Hardaway was still there. Uh, and Dwight Howard, check. you can Google check that. Dwight Howard wrote a letter to Anthony Hardaway asking him to stay and talked about a dynasty they could build. And blah, really? Blah. Yes. At and, that age? And uh, Penny, Penny was having none of that. They did not play together, but so when okay. they drafted Dwight, Penny left. He was a free agent, so they never did play together. So, so he he went he left Orlando in two thousand or nineteen ninety nine and played for the Suns in two oh four. And mm-hmm. so I guess Dwight wanted him to come back to the Magic, probably, because um, then he went and played for the Knicks. I didn't know he was on the Heat in oh seven. Of course they. So I guess maybe he wanted him to come. Yeah, never happened. That's interesting. I'm, I'm a dynasty pretty, with Penny. I am pretty sure that was the case. He really just wanted to be Shaq with the Superman thing yeah. and then wanting to play with Penny in Orlando. Yeah. I always, I never, when he first came out, see, I liked him because he came out and, and he, there was an article about him and his faith and how he wanted to eventually be the person, the catalyst for having a, he wanted, he had a picture of the NBA logo with Jerry West and a cross in it. And he was talking about how that was like his ultimate goal and everything. And then he just went off and became Dwight. (laughs) (laughs) But Shaq used to always bash him for the Superman thing. And at the time that I was a fan of Dwight Howard, I didn't like that. But looking back on it, and over the years, I've really enjoyed Shaq (laughs) needling him and talking about it. Because he would be borderline mean to him. Well, Shaq, he did kind of take his thing, Superman. I mean, Shaq is can be borderline mean to anybody. I mean, wasn't he the one calling out Javel McGee? Yeah, that got vicious. <laughs> called him a bum, and mothers were involved, and you know their mothers were were tweeting at each other or something like that. I mean, it was mm. so it. Uh, anyhow, 
Dwight Howard, the pride of Atlanta. Can we call him the pride mm-hmm. of Atlanta? No. I mean, it, I mean it, you this, might be proud of him. At this point, I would say Derek Favors might be the, the pride of Atlanta, not not Dwight. But regardless, let's talk about these playoffs, man. It, it, I know in the in the pre pre show prep, we were talking about the need to eliminate either the seven game series in the first two rounds or just eliminate uh, two seeds altogether or something like. I mean. Eliminate yeah, four seeds. Let's, let's just make it the top four. Make you know in each each conference make the playoffs. And the only sport where really we we talked about this. The only sport that it matters that wild cards or the or the underdog has a, a shot really is in football because it's a one one game scenario. Anything can happen. Yeah. Right? Uh, when these series take place, you know you got seven games. Normally the the cream rises to the top. And would would anybody? I think the only shock in this. NBA playoffs in 2018 is the fact that Brad Stevens has his Celtics tied with the yeah. Cavs without his two superstars. Yeah. Or two of his superstars. I don't want, I don't want to discount Jalen Brown or, um, or or the Godfather. But yeah, the two, your two best players. We, we, I think we talked about this before too, the, um, about if you took the top two players off of any of these teams, they wouldn't be anywhere right. close to it. So yeah, that's a surprise. So anything else is you're right, just goes according to script and uh and two months for playoffs is a bit much. On and yeah. On and, on and, and, on and nobody I, I hardly watched the first round. I don't I, think you did. I didn't watch the second round. Second either. round didn't watch much. Watch more. And then the you and even these finals have not been competitive up until last night. Last these twenty and forty point games. It's just in and the and Boston looks absolutely horrible on the road. Yeah, I mean, two different teams, they're completely different teams, um, and you know now they're back in the garden. And, and as we record, Boston is uh, taking on the Ron fighting, Ron. Le- the fighting, the fighting LeBrons, and Boston has a six point lead. Uh, but um, you know, Jason Tatum's kind of showed up big for Boston. Yeah, you know, uh, Marcus Smart. He's a head case, is he not? Uh, no more than or no less than J.R. Smith. I mean, that's a, oh, great, yeah. that's a great matchup. But. J.R. just seems like he doesn't care, and he's just kind of, I don't know, immature. Marcus Smart seems like something's not wired. Kind of the R test to me. Not to that level, but something's not wired quite right. He just doesn't seem particularly smart, and he seems a bit loose with his emotions. Hmm. Marcus way Smart, to put it. not smart. Yeah, he's not. Hey, Jalen. <laughs> Jalen Brown knocking down a three as we speak. So so last night, Houston avoided just just being dead in the water. Right. With that comeback. Because if you're 3-1 and the way they lost mm-hmm. game three, or no. Yeah, really? it was game three by 40 points. And to go on the road, hey, they got a shot. That's all you, yep. that's all you can ask for. Well, and now they, you know, they, they pulled it even, so... They really have home court advantage back in their favor. So mm-hmm. that's a, uh, what both teams split. So I think they're, that is not as big of an advantage. But you got to think, and let's just, and not to play off of this, but in the Houston area with the tragedy that occurred, uh, I believe that was last week. Was it this yeah, week? Yeah, last, last week. week. Um, 
Houston Rockets are giving <clears throat> tickets away to the survivors of Santa Fe That's High cool. School. Really cool gesture. I just got to think there's something about that kind of mojo, that that positivity that carries over. And it, it doesn't put the ball in the basket, but it always seems to run over somehow as an, maybe an emotional high. or um, How does that work? Is Are the games not sold out? How do they get those tickets a bit? Have those seats become available? That's a great question. And maybe they're up in the upper level. Maybe they're not. Like, uh, but you would think they were sold out, right? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And you'd have to. That's a lot of tickets to to procure. Yeah, to redistribute. So, uh, it one way, shape, or form, they figure out a way to do it. So, um, and you know what else I've seen in this playoff? No, that there's a foul here as we watch. uh, I guess What's a foul, a foul in the NBA now? That's, I mean, I've seen, I've seen some guys get absolutely massacred in the post and not get a foul call, and then I've seen a guard take the ball to the hole and Kevin Love brushes him with his shorts, huh? He he just breathed. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a I don't know, man. I don't know. James Harden with the play of the last ten years, like with his dunk last night. Now, so. On Draymond. Hey, kudos for James Harden coming back after Sean Livingston absolutely put him on ice skates. Yeah. Which was that, and after I said James Harden played defense, I really needed to <laughs> retract that statement. That that might have been, I've said some pretty dumb things. That might have been one of the dumbest things hey, I've ever said. That's all right. He did get steals and back to back plays last night, picked Durant's pocket twice yeah, in a row. He did. And but he abs, I think you texted me, what did you say? He he took, took his manhood. Draymond's manhood. Yeah. And and they Draymond was not- will be in the WNBA next year. <laughs> no longer Juana Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! Um, and Chris Weber could not get enough of that. Um, I, I couldn't I mean, either. And I, I I I really did. I thoroughly enjoyed that because of Draymond. That's the key component there. Right. That Anybody it was Draymond else? in his mouth. The Anybody? guy that shoved Harden in the throat earlier right. in the series. And just dr- a, oh, my. just his antics are. Ugh. It was. Was it better than Travis Leslie's dunk on Demarcus? No. I mean nothing. I mean it was it was really good, but that one was once again. And I will default this anytime anybody brings up any anytime anybody says Boogie Cousins first of all because that nickname absolutely annoys <laughs> me to no end. The first thing I do is say, hey, do you remember this when DeMarcus got dunked on by Travis Leslie? Because it was so violent, too. Yes. And it was one-on-one on the open court. They were the only two people down there. Yes. And it was violent. It was just... <laughs> <laughs> like that. <laughs> took <laughs> off like Thor and just... <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ended his life. That, that's, gonna, that's actually going to play and work well. Did I knock my microphone over? Oh, that was a, that was like the sound that it made. Yeah, when, when, looking back, that's gonna sound good, like which that's is exactly what that's the sound Demarcus made after he hit the deck after he got dunked on by. Because I was trying to, I was going to mime it, and and you know, with my arms, I was doing the motion, and I just knocked the microphone over. Look, it's like that. that's a dynamite drop in. That was a great sound effect. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't have scripted that any better. Uh-uh. So. Uh, any thoughts before we move on? Because we can talk about the NBA and and actually go nowhere. Because it's I think it's the same rhetoric every week with the NBA. Yeah. I just want something fresh and different than so, Cleveland and Golden State. 
So you're really pulling for a Boston and Houston. Yeah. Or one of the two. Right. And, I, you know, I actually have gotten to the point where if it's Cleveland and Golden State this year, I'll be pulling for Cleveland for the first time. Because I, I, I like Golden State and loved watching them. I still enjoy watching the basketball that they play. But I don't enjoy... Because Curry never used to be so whiny. Durant, he got kind of whiny towards the end with Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City. He's become a little more... I mean, he's still not bad in the relative to other players. But Draymond and Curry are just... Yeah. Draymond in particular. I'm just... I'm done with them. So I'll, I will pull for LeBron and Kyle Korver and not JR, but them. If it comes to it, that's who I would prefer to win that series. Fair enough. Fair Hopefully enough. it doesn't come to that. Oh, my gosh. Houston against Cleveland. Who would you pick? Houston. Me too. There's a handful of teams in the West I would have picked against Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Can we talk about the Braves? Oh, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Before we get to baseball. Bravos. Before we get to baseball. So I have a, a colleague. He's from New York. And like most New Yorkers, he's loud. So I... You know, that kind of comes with the territory. It's just, but I overheard his conversation and, and, and he, first of all, I'm not, no, I'm not even going to preface this. This is just what it was. He's talking to another co- colleague of mine. They're both from New York. So they're both kind of loud and brash. And the conversation goes like this. LeBron James, he's just, he's not tough. He's not tough. He's just not tough. I'm like, that dude's eight, like six, eight, two. 280. He's pretty strong. I, I, never gets I, injured. Never, never, never gets injured. I, I, uh, if he played back in the days when the Knicks had Anthony Mason and Charles Oakley, they would have killed him. There's no way he would have scored as many points as he. <laughs> it's the only New York accent I have. That's okay? a good one. And so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, wait a minute, nobody. Detest LeBron's, and maybe I wouldn't say I, I don't detest LeBron, but he just the whole yeah. <clears throat> LeBron's the best player. That that argument is overkill to me. The argument that LeBron James could not play <laughs> during the eighties is absolute nonsense. Yeah. It is absolute not. We are talking about one of the greatest. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm gonna. This is a quote from Danny Ainge. I, I, I found this. Danny Ainge, okay, says he played in the '80s. Right. He said <laughs> LeBron James is like a cross between Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan. Uh, just he has an ability to pass the ball and really score at will. We think he's unguardable. Yeah. Uh, when he wants to, his maybe his biggest flaw. Early was his jump shot, but that's come on. But yeah. I, I'm trying to wrap, wrap my head around the idea that uh, LeBron James could not take the Larry Nance Cavs to the playoffs. Yeah, okay? yeah. I, I, I don't see any scenario where that where LeBron James fails in any era of basketball. No, I, I think he's he's in the mid. If he's in the the early to mid '80s, he's very comparable to Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. If he's in the '90s, he's extremely comparable to Jordan. And if he, you know, he played, 
toward the, the latter end of Kobe's career, and there's kind of a handoff, but I think different kind of player, but he can compete with those guys. Yeah. Does he cry a lot? To me, absolutely. But I think that kind of body, 6'8", 260, 270, with his ball skills, absolutely. He puts Oakley yeah. on a poster. Yeah. Charles Oakley was a goon. None, yes, exactly. That's exactly what he was. <laughs> yeah, that's... What is it about... I, I used to hear this with... My roommate was from New York, and he wasn't obnoxious, but when his New York friends would come in, they'd start talking about how the Bay was the best athlete of all time, the best sports of all time, and they go on and on about the babe, the babe. Like Babe Ruth? Like, yeah, the babe? Yeah. And I'm like... The best athlete at eating Twinkies? Yeah. That is, yeah. But New York fans seem to... Unless you are you played for New York, that's... LeBron couldn't play in the... <clears throat> I'm with you. You're as big a LeBron critic as anyone, and I don't care for him off the court, but... I mean, I don't dislike him anymore, but he, uh, to say he couldn't, he, you're right, he could play at any point. I mean, it's the in most. In any era. It's the most absurd. Now, I, and I do, and they say he's not tough enough, and I, I don't understand what qualifies as how you can say he wasn't tough enough. I think at some point he would have adapted to the style of play. Yeah. I mean, I think we discount that, right? Yeah. I mean, he's He's got to adapt to the style of play that they're calling, you know, now, uh, that the referees are calling. Uh, we, you know, Jordan had to figure it out, how to play rough. He figured it out. Yeah. Um, there is there is a bit of killer instinct with LeBron. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there is. Yeah. Uh, after. His, the, the, you could have said what I always heard the critique was that Mentally, he wasn't tough and soft, which it seemed that way for the first part of his career because late in games he would choke or he'd give the ball up. But now he's sinking game-winning daggers left and right, right. and he – come on. So There's the, no criticism of him anymore that you can level. There's just not – you can't say, well, he doesn't do this or he doesn't do that or he's not – this. No, he's – I mean, he's done everything. Right. Uh, is might say get off Instagram, but uh, I mean other than that, <laughs> I mean I, I think the my my favorite. This is where I think Jordan separates himself from LeBron. As we're watching this melee happen, as, a little skirmish. Um, hmm. Let's see. Nance. Speaking of Nance, Larry Nance takes a little exception yeah. to Morris's foul, which I think is I don't shove think somebody was, in the back. All right, a, if you're going to shove somebody, wait till they're looking at you. Look at him. Says something to him. Shoves him in the back. That's a that's a and coward's I, move right there. Uh, if Marcus Smart is in the game, he's he's punching somebody. At first, I thought that's who it was. <laughs> Smart. I do know that. But Morris is, is a bit of a loose cannon himself. Yes, he is. So, And yeah. Nance just wants to be tough. That's, that's fake tough. That is fake. Not un- that, that is quite unlike his father. Yeah, that's jumping up and shoving somebody, and then you know it's going to get broken up, and you're shoving him in the back again. Right. You don't hit somebody in the back. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so LeBron, I, I think Le- my, my opinion, uh, one – 
the wh- wh- uh, let me go back to what I was saying. LeBron and Jordan, you know, when Jordan won, I, I don't know if it was third or fourth title, he made a comment. He goes, I'm not saying I'm the best player in the world. And this has been played over and over on Instagram or Twitter. You can, guys can find this. He says something like, what we did was special. I'm not saying I'm the best player in the world. You guys are saying that. I'm saying what we did as a team is special. That that clip was played over and over after LeBron got down. I can't remember. Was it the first series against Golden State? And he says, I'm the best player in the world. Of course, we're going to do better. You know, LeBron kind of self-proclaimed, mm-hmm. and then they end up losing the series. Well, you know, I think Jordan was extremely cocky, but no knew when to assess some humility in his statements, where I think LeBron is... And he's that's that's a, that's a that's a grow up thing. You got to grow up, right? Yeah, maybe he's pretty old. Speaking at that of point. grow up, you know, Markeith is that Markeith or Markeith? I can't. Keith, Keith, Keith. What what's his name? Ah, uh, that's Markeith. Okay, I believe that's Markeith or Marcus. But Markeith Marcus is the is, is the twin brother, right? Little nuttier one. So Marcus Morris, you know, he got fouled by Tristan Thompson the other night, and then just. Yells right in his face, which is that's that's like a park move, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's just I don't know. I'm kind of the antics are it's uh, over the top, and again, it, it, a lot of it's fake tough, right? Because if you got to go that far out of your way, uh, it's yeah, that's Marcus, that's not Markeith. I'm sorry, I apologize. Apologies to Markeith Morris, anyways. That's so we're not going to debate whether or not. The absurdity of, you know, could LeBron play in, in such and such era? I mean, that's just as silly as as saying, you know, could Lennox Lewis beat Muhammad Ali? I mean, you're going to have to respect, mm-hmm. you're going to have to respect each athlete where they are and it, and then appreciate it. You know, yeah. that, I think that's the biggest thing. We spend so much time trying to compare who's better or who's worse instead of appreciating just enjoy the, it. the ability. I mean, and he's yeah. he's a special talent. And the LeBron thing and Jordan thing, there's it's it's sad because it's two it it's kind of a generational war between those two generations where the Jordan people are overprotective because that's that it's was there right it's in the '90s and it's tough. And the LeBron people are younger people that are have this chip on their shoulder about being called millennials and all this stuff, and they're saying, yeah, LeBron is better. Of course, they didn't see Jordan. I would think, again, you can't compare in the two different eras. But the, between the two of them, LeBron or Jordan was a better player to me, and if you, I had to pick one of the two, I would pick Jordan. But the case can be made for LeBron, and, and at any rate, I'm not. I'm kind of like, one foot in the door, one you know, on both sides, because technically, in some ways or definitions, I'm a millennial, but in other ones, I'm not. And I was like, <laughs> right, and the Oregon Trail, uh, the Oregon Trail generation is what we're called, because we had no internet, and then we had internet, so it's kind of. And I was right there from Jordan's prime, and then now in LeBron's prime. Of course, you were too, but right. I could see, you know, it's just two different, two different eras, and it's like a generational debate as much as it is between the figures because both of them are like defending their generation at the same time which exactly. is dumb but that's what it becomes that was what it always devolves into mine is better than yours yeah the 
the 2001 Hurricanes were the best college yes. football team ever. No, it was the Oklahoma Sooners. No, it was the Cornhuskers. Of, I mean. Yeah. And just like Babe Ruth was the greatest baseball player of all time. Compare his, Babe Ruth to to any of these, to King Griffey Jr., to uh, Cowerkin Jr., or something like. I mean, Mickey Mantle. Yeah. You can't say that. Ted Williams. Chubby Babe Ruth playing. Consider who they were playing against, but then consider the technological advancements and all this stuff. It's it's whatever. Right. Just enjoy it. Like you and said, appreciate it. I mean, every every era has great players, and when you have a chance to watch somebody do something that most people can't do, you should, whether or not this is your guy or not your guy, I think there should be an appreciation for Babe Ruth just as much. There should be appreciation for uh, Roger Maris when he hit his 61 home runs. Um, to um, Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds, who I despise, but he had a sweet swing. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Jonathan Papelbon, a closer who I can't stand, but in his prime was just as good as just as good as anybody for a few years with the Red Sox and the Phillies. So Mariano, Mariano, unbelievable talent. Derek Jeter, uh, Jeter, one of the one of the most clutch players of my lifetime. Yeah, um, but. Or, or you know, someone as as masterful as Ozzy Smith, at, at, you know, yeah. shortstop for the for the Cards. He just he was uh, apparently he was playing in a golf tournament. I guess a, there was not a celebrity tournament, but celebrities were playing in it at Bridgeville on Monday. Really, the Wizard, the Wizard, yeah, the Wizard. Yes, that's what How I was told. That? That's what I was told. How about that? Well. So let's let's move on from this. Yeah. But, but but since we were talking about baseball, now I want to talk about baseball. Yeah. Uh, the Braves are in first place. Now let's let's take a look at the calendar here. It, as we speak, it's May twenty third, right? How many games have they played? Uh, the Braves uh, have played. What is it? I mean, just in general, if teams played like 40 games, 60 games, 80 no, games. it's not even 60 games. You're talking okay. about two months' worth. So I think it's between, what are they? They're one and a half games up in the in the NL East. Uh, second best record in the National League. I I think it's... My comment is it's absolutely way too early to start talking about the Braves and mm-hmm. are they for real and are they back? I, I just think it's... But are they? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. I saw, and I will tell you, I saw this post on Twitter and, and this guy was like, this current Braves team is is eerily similar to the 91 team that went from worst to first. And I'm thinking to myself, hang on, dude. I mean, you cannot, you just cannot start making these comparisons. And in my opinion, you cannot start making these comparisons. That that team was a different makeup. This, this team, in my opinion, is so young. Yeah, the pitching is a little bit, it's getting there. It's not there yet. Uh, tonight, the, pit, the Braves, uh, Tonight, Wednesday night, had uh, Luis Cajara starting and uh, went uh, what was it four and four and two thirds or maybe five innings before he got. We're looking at forty-seven games in here, so okay. Um, 
before he got canned. But interesting stats. Ozzie Albies, second base before the Braves. He's fifth in the majors in homers with 14. Uh, he's second in the National League behind my least favorite athlete, Bryce Harper. Uh, Albies is also fourth in the NL and RBIs with 34. You got Freddie Freeman, who's second in the NL with 35 ribbies. So they're, 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 they're scoring some runs. Uh, we can't talk Braves without talking about uh, Woodstock's own Nick Marcakis. Uh, oh, Someone Nick. you're very familiar with. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nick Marcakis is ninth in the NL with 32 ribbies, also batting 340. Um, wow. So uh, Marquez, Marquez. Uh, then we talk about uh, a couple guys, Dansby Swanson, hometown hero, Marietta's own Dansby Swanson batting 273. So he's got his batting average up a little bit, not hitting for power, um, but he's above the Mendoza line. So uh, you got that Ronald Acuna, uh, the much ballyhooed uh, prospect, batting 260 with four home runs and 12 ribbies. Uh, so Acuna. There, Heard I mean, so much about him. It there is a, a, I just don't think very few players come into the league, um, and absolutely just rip it up all the time. I mean, I think that's a, a super special player, and you, you find. I mean, baseball is such a streaky sport, um, unless you're Tony Gwynn. It's yeah. it's just a it's a, it's or, or Ted Williams is, and even with those guys, it, it is streaky, but. Um, to think that Acuna was going to come into uh, the top level and in, in bat 323 with you know 27 home runs and, and 86 RBIs every maybe that's on the way but with the the, the hype has to be tempered. Mm. And they're playing solid ball and they've got uh, a five man rotation now, assuming that. Luis Gohara gets in there at, uh, and, and establishes himself. So you've got Brandon McCarthy, Sean Newcomb, Julio Tehran, and uh, Mike Fultonevich. <sighs> uh, solid ERAs. Uh, everyone but McCarthy. Well, I was saying that that's not a true. That's not Newcomb and Fultonevich. Solid ERAs at two three nine and two seven two, and then Fultonevich leading the team with sixty two strikeouts. Uh, not bad. I would hesitate to call that starting rotation Maddox, Glavin, <laughs> and Smoltz. Or Avery. Uh, Good old Avery. But um, Avery looks, had that sweet mullet. He did have a sweet mullet, didn't mm, he? Yeah. I had to see if I can find my Steve Avery. I had a Steve Avery upper deck baseball did you? card. Yes. With his mullet showing. I told you about how, how we I could have gotten – we went down on the field – from my little league and and met them mm-hmm. and they said yeah give us a baseball we'll get somebody to sign it and you could like out of all the pitchers to get the signature of I asked them to bring the Averys that was when like Maddox and Glavin and all, I mean Smoltz <laughs> I don't know if Maddox was there and of course I picked the one that did not make the Hall of Fame <laughs> all the other ones did but oh uh, he was serviceable for the Braves yeah he was great early and then I guess. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, so that that's I'm gonna leave our Braves report at that. I just don't want to want to jinx it. I I know that fans in Atlanta get really excited about things, um, you know, and very often have uh, Atlanta sports teams snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. 
time and time again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to think that maybe the Braves are on the right track. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's maybe. The Braves are on the right track. Can they sustain this over 162 games? Well, that's that remains to be seen. How much of the um, are they paying or shorthanded by the tampering and all that scandal? You know, I don't have the exact number, but they I, I want to say the Braves were prohibited from uh, signing or they were limited in the amount of international players they can sign. And that maybe not amount, but the amount of money they had to sign. And they couldn't participate in one of those drafts or something yeah. like that. So I'm just wondering if the if that hadn't happened, how much better would they be or if or if they would even ha- see the effects of it at right, this point? Because I don't know how many of those guys were close to coming on board or what. Obviously, I don't follow the Braves sure. at all. So. Sure, but you know, in any organization, how many how many actual true prospects do you have? I mean, at each at each level, maybe you have four or five prospects that the team really thinks, and that might be high. Up through Double A's, you have you know your rookie ball or whatever they call it. And you've got low A, sing, you know, high A, Double A, Triple A. Uh, you know, all throughout the farm system, there's only a handful of prospects, right? And you have to have. You know, you can't just play baseball with five players on the team. You gotta yeah. have, <laughs> you gotta have a full squad. So that's that's why baseball has so many well players in their farm system. And you know, you never you might miss a diamond in the rough, and, yeah. and somebody makes a makes a move. But back to your question, does it does it affect the Braves? I think it this does year. affect them yeah. a little bit this year. But I think ultimately it's down the line. Yeah, what will Atlanta? What can the Braves front office do without access to those players that everyone else will have access to? Um, so maybe we're talking about five years down the road. Maybe we're talking about ten years down the road, the impact. You just don't know what yeah. could have been. And, and I guess, the, un, unfortunately, or maybe the, the you got to put your big boy pants on and say you can't cry over spilled milk and just go out and play mm-hmm. with the, the hand you're dealt. Brian Snicker. Not cheap. Doing a great job uh, managing this team. Uh, when I thought they were going to can them last year, but uh, kudos to the Braves for sticking because they really put him in an unenviable situation yeah, two rough. years ago. So, <sighs> um, I'm out of material. I think that's what else we got. <laughs> I will tell you, I did see where Roger Goodell today said that the NFL players are required. Yeah. To stand during the national anthem. Yeah. Well, they said they can go in the locker room now. Right. If they want. But if you're on field, you got to stand. You have to. Or the team will be fined, and then the team can decide what to do. I I have an idea. Just let them do what they want. I I, I think you should let them do what they want. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I agree. I mean, if, if I'm protesting something, can you tell me my options are to... You can't protest this way. I'm going to say, watch me. Yeah. But what if that's, I mean, that's the, the, the teams can do whatever they want. You know, the team, the league can do whatever it wants, and they can say, all right, Art, well, you can go to the CFL. Not not saying that that's sure. an extreme version, Abs- but absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you're not, you're, it's not your right to be in the NFL. You're absolutely right. You're- here's Here's what it comes down to is, Goodell saw how much viewership tanked and how much money was lost, and they're just assuming that's because of the protest thing, which I don't think the people that 
said they're going to boycott the NFL because of a one player kneeling. I mean, how big of an impact would that that really have? How many people? That's not a rational way of thought to protest an entire league because one or two players on a roster kneel. That's, well, he's ungrateful. He doesn't love our that's country. So he's ungrateful. It's so stupid. I just think it's so oh overblown. Gosh. But I guarantee you that's what it is, is the owners and Goodell, they said, uh-oh, you know, we we took a hit this last year, viewership's down, profit's down, so you, let's you, come out and say you got to stand. You know what else takes a hit? What? Let's just say if, if um, how many players are in the NFL? I don't know, 53 times 30? So six something. Okay. Or no. Fifteen hundred. Six something. Yeah. Fifteen hundred. Whatever. Okay. Let's say that. um, And how many superstars would you say? Um, on each team, maybe. I don't know. Maybe two or three on average. I would guess. I mean, do you consider Blake Bortles a superstar? Absolutely. But he's not gonna. He's not going to count in this scenario because I'm going to take it a step further because this is, to me, this is where the, the issue gets divisive. Um, how many African-American superstars are on each team? Yeah. All right, so let's just say there are 40. Let's just say 40 African-American Oh, in the league? In the league, yeah. What if those 40 guys said, you know what? We're going to put up some money. We're boycotting yeah. everything. NFL, show me what you got. Yeah. And I think at that point, I'm not encouraging players to boycott. But I think if you really want to make a stand, if you really, if what's more important? And, and of course, I think, I don't know how effective that is. Because nowadays, people just say, well, I'm not watching the NFL. Well, I think you missed the entire point of the boycott. Or anybody, of course they do, or they wouldn't agree with it anyways. A lot of those guys. <laughs> right. Anybody who says, well, why aren't they standing? This is this is disrespect. And it's not It's not about disrespect. It's about bringing awareness attention. to the issue. It's attention. Awareness to right. the issue. And um, I don't know. I just think it's a, a boycott can be an effective measure to bring attention to a situation. That, if, if those 40 players, like you said, did that, I mean, in a heartbeat, they'd say, all right, okay, okay. <laughs> you know? I think that changes the narrative. I'm because not- you want to talk about it, you, have, you want viewership to drop. If you take away A.J. Green, Julio Jones, Le'Veon Bell, all these players, and the NFL might think that it's invincible and they could just plug new players in, but no, no, you it could not. It doesn't, doesn't work like that. No. And then, you know, think of the the all the fallout, not just from – the game on the field, but the fans who participate in fantasy and how much of a a economic engine that is for the NFL, uh, just the seedy underbelly of America. Mm-hmm. I, it hits them in the pocketbook, and and then then you have to come to the table. That's that's my yeah. that's my thought. Uh, it's not. I don't think it's an original thought, but. If any NFL player wants to discuss this further with the role players, I'll be more than happy to call us up. to you know, let us know and 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 let's you know I'm I'm all about seeing a little bit of disarray 
and seeing Roger Goodell brought to his knees. So I would I love can, that. And actually, uh, I would like to see the owners to me. Roger Goodell, and I'd also like to see the pious John Kincaid brought to his knees. You don't like Kincaid? I like Kincaid, but he's he's getting he's he's got me annoyed on this because you know he's saying this is not a. And John Kincaid earlier today tweeted that you know the NFL is not violating these players' First Amendment right, freedom of speech rights. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay, but if you consider a protest a form of uh, of the kneeling silently as a a form of protest. Then theoretically, in my opinion, you are trying to dictate their ability to express themselves. But it's not the government doing that. This is true. It's a private, right? It's a private it's enterprise. Because you can't say to your company, you can't go out and and start talking crazy talk and ripping them and stuff. And then if they fire you, say, well, that's my right to free speech. You can't fire me. Because, but they can. Right. They, but... If they We're think, not saying a pledge to the NFL. It's saying a pledge. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're st- it's not the national anthem for the NFL. It's a national anthem for the United yeah. States. And if if this was that big of a deal, why why is this getting so much airtime? But the fact that dare I say snowflakes? I'm, I'm oh, uh, you sound like a dare I say like a far writer there. Dare I say snowflakes who get upset? The snowflakes at Emory who got upset when somebody wrote something about a message about Trump on the sidewalk and they felt threatened because somebody wrote something about Donald Trump on the sidewalk. <laughs> right? I mean, what is this? So if I just think these things get taken so far yeah. off topic, and I'm I'm taking I realize I'm taking it there, but <sighs> isn't it funny the people that always use the term? Snowflakes and call people. Snowflakes are the ones getting all worked up and upset over the kneeling. Yes, you know? yes. Because that certain Fox News group—that's what I call them. That yes. But it's the people that hear their talking points and they saw someone call liberals snowflakes on Twitter and this, so they use that over and over and over and <laughs> over. And they're the ones getting upset about that or getting upset that Delta is discontinuing its NRA discount and want the governor of the state to punish Delta for it. But it's, it's just it's the absurdity and hypocrisy of it that those people are The are same so ones that, that become snowflakes about yeah. when somebody doesn't stand for the national anthem, which I did discover is in the U.S. code, and I don't have the code number, but there is a U.S. code that discusses the national anthem. Now, that's almost as... Um, it, that's obviously just as enforced as as the city of Oakland's barbecue ban <laughs> in their parks. <laughs> so I don't know if the if the U.S. code is really that that section of the code is applicable because mm-hmm. I've never seen anybody get a citation for not standing for yeah. the national anthem. Um, they, I, I think the idea that you're going to force somebody to stand or force somebody to pledge allegiance, and I'm sorry. If you're going to force somebody to pledge allegiance and I can't ride around feeling safe when a cop pulls me over, <laughs> I'm not pledging allegiance, you know, and I will. I'm not saying I'm not, but mm-hmm. I I can understand why somebody would say, I'm not doing that because I don't feel like this country's been fair to me. I'm not doing that. Now, that's not my experience, but I can understand why somebody would say that. Mm-hmm. What I don't understand is why you call the cops on somebody having a barbecue in the park in Oakland. 
people are nuts. Mm, I know. It's just which, it's by just the way, that that has become. I, I don't know whatever happened to Barbecue Becky, but that meme has become one of the greatest memes in the last week with her on her cell phone and everybody saying nine one one. Yes, I don't. Have you seen any of these memes? No. The, uh, the internet is undefeated in everything. I just yeah. and and especially Twitter. Twitter probably is one of the best. Gosh, it is the best. I'm t- I'm just tired of the of the anthem thing. I just wish it it would go. It just it's so it just brings out the worst in everybody, and and they pick a side, and it's just I I thought we were past it because it hardly happened you know, over the sec- second half of the year because people got attention, they got attention to their cause and everything. Um, but it's just it's absolutely ridiculous. So I can't. This is original. This is that's barbecue. That's barbecue Becky, right? She's yeah. calling the cops. Okay, she's actually calling the cops on this. Is there in like this, a full? Oh, you want is it a video or just a picture? Yeah, there's a video. It's like four minutes long. Go Which up, one do you go want? up to the top right? That. So, so, so what? She, she's calling the police on the barbecue. Yeah. So these guys. Are having, <laughs> so. Uh, we're gonna have to give cred to knowyourmeme.com. So, also known as white woman calling the cops. <laughs> so she is calling the cops because these guys are having a barbecue and they don't have a portable grill. They have, I, I guess, it's a stationary grill. I don't know. That's, it. but they they don't have the proper grill. People go out here and barbecue all the time, but she's like, oh no, I'm calling the cops. Um, oh, in California, yes, in the California. the progressive, completely, you know, no no racist at all, that and and that happens. How so, could that be? So then, of course, the internet takes these uh, takes this uh, <laughs> takes this, and then she. I'm I'm trying to find the great. There was actually one meme, and it had her. It's just <laughs> she's. They've got her at like at a sit-in with the in the 1960s, where she's calling the cops, and it's like nine one one. They're having a sit-in or nine one one. I mean, it is absolutely. They've got one with her and Obama. <laughs> <laughs> the internet is completely oh, undefeated. And then once the cops do come, she's she's crying. Crying? Yes. What was she crying about? Uh, because some woman was kind of harassing her. This is the one I was trying to find. I can't remember exactly what this one said. Uh, <laughs> these are great. So we've got B- Barbecue Becky showing up during a Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. Call uh-huh. the cops on the black people. <laughs> I don't really know what this is all about. Uh, lunch counter sit-in. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. We we should probably <laughs> Obama. Yeah, I mean barbecue. That's This is so. And they're dropping her picture in. And she's, oh man, this is awesome. Yeah, it what doesn't take wrong, long. What is? I mean, 
and I wish I was as creative as some of these people on Twitter. Some of the things I see, I'm just like, this is, yeah. this is great. But I'm waiting for somebody to put a Draymond Green meme up, him getting dunked on by Harden. But that, mm. so yeah, craziness. Anyhow, craziness rules the day. That's uh, hey. Here's another one I just thought of. Okay. Uh, Michael Rotondo, the 30-year-old who took his parents to court for trying to kick him out of their house. Did you see that? Oh, did not see this. <laughs> today, they, they had their day in court. So he's 30 years old, and he's going to court, suing his parents for, they now told this him. Is, so yeah. for, for people of my generation, this is not the Mike Rotondo, the wrestler from. No. <laughs> From Look the at that 80s. man. Is that not live thirty years old, live at home with your parents guy who hasn't Absolutely. been trying to get a job and he just stays and he doesn't pay rent or anything? And he said that they needed to give him at least six months to procure a means to what did he see the term he used? Procure the means to move out or something like that. But the judge told him it was outrageous and you know everything. <laughs> Look at look at that dude. All right, that's mama's needs, basement guy. He needs he's that's that is the internet troll that everybody talks about. Yeah, Take mama's your parents ba- to court because they say it's time for you to move on after thirty years. If you've taken so a third of their life, so he's thirty years old. Did he go to college? I don't know. I mean, he said he, he has a business, and they asked him what it is, and he said, "My business is my business." <laughs> that almost sounds like he's. A, into some illicit activities. Uh, yes, uh, yeah. That that you know, I'm not going to get into any detail here, but it sounds like I've, yeah. I've got some. Sp- he looks like a guy. Look at could, him. Could be yeah. into some dirty dealings, man. Yeah. Anyways, speaking of crazy people, when you're going to court with your parents, and then he they they don't talk to each other, right? He said they don't talk to each other, and their relationship's not very good. But he lives in their bedroom still. In and the, he went back after their day in court. They went back and back to their home together where they live. Refuses to move out of his parents' house. Yeah. Man, if you don't get your ass up out of my house and stop eating and my you're food. You're going to make me hire a lawyer and go to court? Man, I'll, I'll cut you. <laughs> Cutting him off. Gosh. That's but, just so sad. Look, is, they even offered him $1,100 to find a place to stay. And I'm gave him some suggestions. Nothing. And that tub that doesn't cut his hair or his beard is. Uh, and he's, he's like got some kind of attitude. Yeah. Oh, he he was he called the judge outrageous and was going back and forth and citing. He wanted to have it. His um. He wanted to have them like give him a new date for his day in court because on the paper that they sent, they wrote the wrong room, and he said that that was a whatever miss something. And that he he needed more time because it wrote the wrong room, and the judge so, said, "Well, it looks like you found it here, okay." <laughs> but so, that kind of guy, he was challenging him and had like courts, you know, documents saying, "Well, in this case, you know, this here's the precedent for uh, a family member is supposed to have six months notice before they leave a house," and the judge was like, "Well, you know, that was actually appealed, and so and so." Um, and the judge, they said the judge commended him for doing his research, and he said something like, well, actually, it only just took me a few minutes online or something like that. You know what? Boy, I wanted to go up there and beat the hell out of him. Well, then... It's, Nerd in the basement. It's pretty easy. If it takes that little time to find out the court cases, then he should be able to find a real job. Yes! And to pay rent. There you go. What is wrong with people? I don't know. I mean... 
we go from the right wingers using Snowflake yeah. to Barbecue Becky yeah. to this. It's like the social inept. We are. It's the United States of the social. Who created inept. this? The the. This. I don't know, but it's it's all it's people of all ages, and it's. It's just getting worse, Art. I mean, it just, it's just yeah, getting worse. It's not, you can't just the internet. Say, you can't just say it's a millennial problem. Hell no, you, it's not. You, you I mean, so many crazy old old people, middle aged people, and you know, like <sighs> forty, fifty year olds. Uh, craziness just rules the day, and it's. I really do think the internet um, has made it so much worse. It, well, the internet age has made people crazier. Now, now people like you and I have access to put our thoughts on <laughs> online yeah. for everybody to. to here and Twitter is the word. I mean, it's it's great for for laughs, but you have so much unvetted information, right? And yeah. So somebody just throws a fact out there or a state. I say fact, a statement out there, and we take it as fact. The broader we and nobody does any homework, and they just run with it. And it could have been a Russian troll for for all we <laughs> for all we know. Yeah. I mean, you have to. I, one of my favorite college professors, Lou Woods. I, I took him for, I think, five courses, as many as I could. He used to, I was an economics major, he used to give out stats. And he would say, if you don't believe me, go look it up. You don't have to take my word for it. Go look it up. And I thought, okay, trust but verify. That's his invitation to me to actually take what he's saying and then go figure it out. And I think because of him, it, that kind of made me a, uh, skeptic on a lot of things, and, I, and nothing he ever said was what I found was completely in, inaccurate. But I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to believe everything you say. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know. But we're just so quick to jump on a yeah. There's somebody who whose opinion you know agrees lines up with mine. So let's let's go out and. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Ridiculous! It is ridiculous. Well. You know what else is ridiculous is the fact that the NBA playoffs take two months. But uh, <laughs> I think that's it. That's all we got. Thanks. We for li- always manage to go an hour, regardless of how little or how much we have to talk about. Well, because we start getting on tangents. Like yeah, barbecue Becky and homeless. I mean, not homeless, but basement troll child. Yeah. And so. Uh, Oh, I forgot to mention our sponsors. If anybody's listening, I'm so I apologize to, to Hillstrides for all your pet sitting and dog walking. Hillstrides actually has a website that is coming soon. I won't mm-hmm. give it away, but just a teaser that they've got a website. And I do know that you organize it is revamping their website also. So you organize it.com, your life, your time, your way. Get it done. Touche. And then uh, Hill Strides, you can find Hill Strides on Facebook. H I L S. Need to come up with a slogan for that. Hill Strides. Yeah. I know that the Hill Strides and their their juvenile staff are working on a slogan for Hill Strides. They've they've and some of our you know they're not paying us yet for these advertisements, but in some of our meetings about getting for these advertisements, they've they've told. You know me that hey we're we're working on a slogan so I'm just yeah. I'm waiting on hill strides I mean that's summertime's coming up if you got vacation you need your pet seen to and you don't want to send the kennel no. to come back with Inhumane. kennel cough or fleas or you know whatever 
You gotta talk to Hill Street. Your dog's joined a kennel gang. Yes, MS thirteen dog. Gone off, gone off with the rough crowd. <laughs> you know, you know. Now your dog comes back and just cuts you, cuts you, urinates all over your house. Mm-hmm. And you're, you don't want that. No. You need Hill Strides in your life. Yeah. Guys, we hope you have a great week. Enjoy the NBA playoffs. We will be back in June. A week, uh, two weeks from today. Uh, mm, two weeks from today, I'm going to be on a beach. But we will be back soon. In, we will be back. <laughs> we will be back in June. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot it's the annual Allen Shark Trip. Yes. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, expedition. hopefully, when Daniel gets back, he'll let us know all about his travels. If I got my arms and my hands and my mouth. Uh, I, I don't even know what to do about that. Yeah. Guys, make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Role Players One. We will be back in a few weeks. Enjoy the NBA playoffs. And hey, you know, we're we would love to hear your opinions. You've listened to the show. I know Cedarwood Tavern does a great job of, of kind of interacting and, and I know Speaking of sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Uh when fall comes around, how how has Who's the who's the your main guy over at Cedarwood? I know there's Vaughn. a couple of guys. Okay, Vaughn. how has Vaughn not been on the show? Have we not had Vaughn on the show? No. We do we we you know what? I think when we come back, we between the three weeks, we're going we're Vaughn Brown. We're calling you out right now. We want you on the show, man. Can you call in? Yeah. And you just you just send us a message on Twitter. Uh, let us know. We we will talk anything you want to talk about. Vaughn, Vaughn is the ultimate sports guy. Man. All right, so that that's just a little. Uh, I was thinking that the other day. I was like, how is that guy? I saw something from on Twitter, and it was like, I mean, come on, we've had guests. How is he not? Yeah. So, okay. Vaughn, talk to Art. I ask your boy why he has not invited <laughs> you on yet. <sighs> the invitation's there. Okay. All right, guys, have a great week. Once again, I am Art Mosley. He is Daniel Allen. We are the role players. Our opinions don't matter. But you should listen to us anyways. Thank you all.